This is Kate Beckinsale. You're listening to Beckinsale. Hey guys. Hey. I brought some stuff. Oh, cool. Got a Diet Mountain Dew. Oh, and awesome. a nice uh, root beer. Mm-hmm. I brought my uh, Rocky Road bar and the various gummy candies, some of which are sour. I'm in. Uh, the only trick is we now have to figure out how to haunt them. Our spirits need to go into them. That's how we're going to go them on. in my mouth. How we're going to live on. Through we're going to be haunted snacks. Haunted Haribo? That's us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm in. Let's see how we can I do would this. still eat them. Welcome to Bacon's Hell. I'm Joel. I'm Ken. And I'm Zach. We'd like to thank you for listening to our last show, our Friday the 13th True Crime episode. Yes. Yes, we did a new format for us. We did uh, yeah. uh, the a story little bit of a script there. As if it were, yeah, if you're a patron, you can actually see the script we yeah. used. Our intent with that was just to make sure the franchise was relevant to those who just don't care. Yeah. yeah. And if the episode felt a little stiff, acting. <laughs> we tried. Yeah. Yeah. There were some fun comments, including from Blake Haywood, who said, I've never heard so many family friendly shouts before. That's true. Yeah. yeah, there was a lot. In the skull. Yeah. There's a little interaction here on Instagram. Crew Dutler said, Hey, you guys should be safe. You're singing campfire songs. You're not alone being inappropriate. To which a verbis vivum replies, Elsewhere. Elsewhere. Going elsewhere. elsewhere. We did not go elsewhere. That's no. our thing, apparently. <laughs> I like how it's so suggestive now. <laughs> And yeah. Scott Sprague said, no surprise that I was a big fan of this episode. His rankings are 2, 1, 6, 4, 3, 7, Freddy v. Jason, 5, Reboot, X, 8, and Jason Goes to Hell. Oh, yeah. sure you can become the Winter Soldier again. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate the uh, participation from everybody. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yes, we appreciate your uh, participation, and we appreciate your patronage, because we have a new patron. Uh, this, is, this is what the name is. Best-selling author, Joanna Reeder. Oh, yeah. Well, she is a best-selling author. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you, Joanna. It's very nice of you. She she is a tier one patron, which means she gets behind the bacon post, so she gets to see kind of how the bacon sausage is made, if that's a thing. Yes. Uh, Kind of background stuff like my notes, uh, some of Kent's images, rough images, sometimes us uh, doing the raw pictures to get the episode image right. Indeed. It's uh, Two more of those to put up this week. We once had a pillow fight. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, as well as all the other, she gets all the perks that come with being a tier two or tier two patron as well. Thanks, Joanna. Bacon bits from tier three times. Uh, so yeah, we we appreciate your patronage. Thank you very much. But that's not what we're talking about today. Oh, bacon cell, bacon cave spirits. What are we talking about today? <laughs> we're talking haunted stuff. That actually gave me the creeps. <laughs> <laughs> Zach whispering gives you the creeps. That was the way he whispered it. It was, it was an inhale whisper. Yes. Uh, so last year on Bacon Cell episode 326, The Haunting of Bacon Cell House, we talked about haunted places. Yes, we did. And so we're going to uh, round out the nouns. And this week we're talking about people and things. <laughs> Isn't that, sounds, person, place, doesn't and that things. sound so spooky? Rounding out the rounding nouns. Rounding out the spooky nouns. We usually do a monster of the year where we do a folklore type episode. And we've covered many movie and classical monsters and stuff from the history of the world that is just a little unexplained. Uh, Zombies, werewolves, vampires, witches. Draculas. Yeah, Draculas. (laughs) (laughs) But in last year we did Ghost, but Ghost was such a big topic. It's too big. We decided to cut it into pieces. And I I do think the bulk of it is haunted houses, but there's so much more because we do want to talk a little bit more about maybe the people that are independently haunted by something that can follow them. Yes. But also... A big focus of this will be things that are haunted 
that are passed down and have curses on them. Yes, so then. your cursed objects, your haunted artifacts. Yes, these are these are mobile ghosts. Yeah, ghost gone mobile. Oh, okay, yeah, it's well, a good like, service plan. Well, in our last one it was like the ghosts in the house. That's where they are. If you go in the house, you're haunted. If you leave the house, you're fine. Yes, this is stuff that will follow you around. And uh, so we're going to talk about some real life stories, and we're also going to talk about movies and give of them course. a bake and sell approval or not. Yeah. So uh, mm. let's. Uh, and by the way, we'll we'll try to do mummies next year. We're going to try. Are we doing mummies next? Sorry, time? mummies. We'll try. I uh, get to watch Brendan Fraser movies. How many? How many mummy movies are there? Four. Really? Enough under wraps that we already haven't covered in like werewolves and vampires it's and true. The ensemble ones. Under wraps. Oh god. With Bill Fogger. Save for our mummy show that we may be doing something. We're doing it. <laughs> but uh, let's just jump into it. Haunted objects. Yeah. Ken, could you give me an example of a haunted object? Maybe that you've encountered? Uh, you want to hear my story? I know I've kind of shared this on this show before, but I think for anyone that may have forgotten or is listening for the first time, and I want to tell you... We've always kind of brushed over it, too, so you can go a little more extended here, because this okay. is specifically the subject we're talking about. I, I feel like if you put haunted in front of anything, it makes it sound a little more scary. So I'm Haunted talk about, applesauce. <laughs> sounds delicious. <laughs> haunted Haribo. But I want to talk about the haunted spoon. And everyone dun, might dun, roll their dun. eyes and say, yeah, I've heard about the spoons before but I want to give you my personal experience with the spoon because I believe that there may be stuff out there, but I'm an open-minded skeptic where I think, hey, I just got this gift. Can you be gifted something you don't want? Yeah, yeah. I guess so. Uh, happens to me all the time. And then you re-gift it, I guess. But you can't re-gift the spoons. Ooh. It's a shadow box, so it's like a frame shadow box. There's a, there's a space uh, between the back of the frame and the front of the frame, yes. the glass. Yeah, and so you see the glass and you get to see the contents inside. There's a part of a pillowcase, basically a sheet that mm -hmm. is the backing for the shadow box. And there's a spoon kind of glued on top now, of Ken, this why would pillowcase. A, why would a pillowcase and a spoon be spooky at all? Honestly, it shouldn't be. But the group I was in, we were all gifted these shadow boxes with the spoons inside. And, you know, that seems kind of dumb. And in fact, when I got out, I was like, this seems kind of dumb. But after seeing The Conjuring with Ed and Lorraine Warren. Mm. And you can see in that movie that they keep memorabilia, haunted mm. memorabilia of the mm. places that they've cleansed, that yes. they've exercised. And they keep it in this room that they bless These are real life people who yeah. are portrayed in the country. Yes. They're real life people here in this world. Well, I think Ed has passed away, but... Yeah, he yeah. has. And so this spoon and this part of a pillowcase were gifted from Lorraine Warren, apparently, I was told. And they were taken from the home as shown in the Amityville Horror. And the Amityville Horror, if you don't know what it is, it's, uh, well, the movie is based on a book. Yes. Which is based on the experiences of this family mm -hmm. that moved into a home, some supernatural crazy stuff occurrences happened, and they found out that before they had purchased the home, the family before right. them, uh, there now, been, uh, we, should, we should clarify, we're going to get a little uh, spooky on this it's episode. A little, a little spooky, a little, little, little grizzly on this episode because it's talking about ghosts and death and things like that. So if kids are listening, there's going to be some discussion here. We'll, we'll keep it as family friendly as possible. Maybe I'll be the one to do that because I like to. But there were some murders in the house. Yeah, so I would say the, the, the Lutz family, the, the story that Amityville House actually tells, I would say that's not actually probably true at all. But there were some murders that took place in the bedrooms. And the spoons don't really have anything to do with it other than the fact that they were taken from the house just after that time. They didn't and keep the spoons in the bedrooms? Weird. Weird. That's where we keep I all mean, our spoons. Breakfast in bed? Yeah. Where? I'm going to move forward. You're going to go down to the kitchen to get a spoon? Like a I have caveman? an entire set of bedroom silverware. <laughs> really? You, I like to be the big know. spoon. <laughs> nope. It's kind of haunted. Stop. <laughs> okay. Every once in a while, we want to be the little spoon, too. I know. That but is I'm true. so tall. Yeah. yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> so it's just creepy, right? I don't want this stuff from a house where murders actually took place. And so I accepted it begrudgingly. And I said, and they're like, oh, take it to your house, whatever. And I said, well, I have small kids at home and I'm not going to take it home. So I left it in my car for a little bit. You and left it in your trunk with your Alvin and the Chipmunk costume. I did. <laughs> Absolutely. Bear I did. costume or something. And then Joel, you and I were working at a previous job together. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to take this home. I'm just going to shove this in my drawer at work. Yeah. And I'm going to leave it there because then I feel like I don't have to like corrupt my home. Because even though I didn't believe that it was anything dark. Right. Even though we may have talked about how these things were moving on their own. I didn't give it any credibility. But I said, you know what? I'm superstitious enough that I don't want the presence around. No. But here's the thing. It's like I, when I'm when I'm working on stuff in the house and I've turned off the power and I know yeah. I've turned off the power. Right. I'm still hesitant to touch the wires because I'm like, I could get a shock. That's exactly something it. could happen. Yes. And I feel like it's the same case here where it's like, no, I don't believe. But I also don't want to take that chance if there is something there that could shock me. Quote totally. And so I had it in my drawer at work for months. And then months and, and you showed it to everyone who came by and asked. I did. And then something horrible happened. I and maybe 15, 20 other people got laid off all at once. And it was a really sad day. It was. And I was just like, okay, well, great. Let me clean out my drawers and I'm going to leave this spoon here. But the problem with this spoon, and this is the instruction we, instructions we were told, you cannot just toss this aside. You cannot just throw it in the garbage. You have to properly give this away and have it be accepted by someone else. Yes. You can't sell it or you're not supposed to because whatever curse is attached will still stick to you. And I was like, you know, I'm once again scared enough that I'm not going to mess with this. Mm -hmm. And so actually with Jake, because he was still at this job, I said, Jake, I'm taking the rest of my stuff home, but I'm not going to bring this in my home. My life is hard enough. And so will you keep this spoon here? Can I give this to you? And he was like, I don't care one iota about mm. this spoon. Sure. Just put it on the shelf. And I was like, thank then you, you so much. Then you made your blood oath and shook hands. I definitely yeah. did. And so he accepted it. And then two months went by. I wasn't working there anymore. Mm. Joel, you were. I was, yes. But then maybe what? Like a dozen people would quit. Yeah. Maybe a month after that, they'd fire another 20 people. Yeah. It, it got to the point where I mean, it was just kind of a bad feeling there overall in the office. Yeah. I'm not saying it's because related to the spoon. Maybe. But he's not not but, saying, that. but it's more like it was just a bad vibe after the layoffs, and then it just kept getting worse. Like people well, were leaving left and right. And, and, and here's the thing: is so we used to record bacon cell there yeah. at the office yeah. after I didn't work there, and after Joel didn't work there either. Yeah, it was we were which is really Jake, funny until Jake got fired, <laughs> <laughs> which is a sad story. Uh, kind of funny, but, but part of sad. the story all the same because I remember going into where this spoon was being held, and I looked at the shadow box, and it was broken open. It was there, there was like a little bit of tape on there. And I was like, um, Jake, what, what happened here? And he's like, oh, yeah, it fell. Someone was like careless and it fell. And so we just put tape on it. Uh, a couple of people touched it. Joel, I'm pretty sure you did. I touched it while you were there. Okay. Like while we were there, we opened up the box and I did touch the spoon. I tempted. Yeah, I never. I, I never touched would. the live wire. Yeah. And so. And then but I had but like it was, it was open and it wasn't supposed to be opened. It was supposed to stay sealed in a frame, but still all the same. And so I was like, this is bad. And at this given time, people were losing their jobs. This company pretty much went under. And I'm not saying it's because of the spoon, but also I'm not not saying that. Yeah. And then I remember I was so mad. This is this is an aside, but we were recording in the baking cave. And all of a sudden... This is a couple years ago. It's a couple years ago. And this is when Jake was still on the show. And he was being uh, a little bit... A little bit uh, careless. Care no, he's being very purposeful. Cantankerous. Oh. Prankster-ish. Yeah, he left the spoon with me 
He did. We came over to record one night, and then as we were leaving, get this fiery message from Kent, just being like, "Who did this? You, you guys did this. You guys are jerks." And I was like, "I have no idea what you're talking about." And Kent, to this day, I will. I was still. You weren't part of the plan. I will affirm. I had no idea it was right. even here. But Jacob had put the spoon in Kent's bed. So, like, I guess as you pulled back the covers, it was just sitting it there waiting for you. It was one of those moments where you try to get rid of something that you thought you had. In every horror movie. And it shows up, and I got scared. You throw the ball off the bridge, it comes yeah. bouncing down the stairs. So I had this opened, broken case in my bed, and I did not care for that at all. No. Thankfully, I was able to give it away to someone else. I, I took it out of my place yeah. and then gave it to someone else properly. So it's out of my life. But, but that company, I was going to say, like, you mentioned on, I think, on the last Ghost episode, you mentioned that company is not really around it's it's if i may give a, yeah. a slight pun here it's a ghost of its former self yes truly and it's you, you could say it's because of the spoon you could also mm -hmm. say it's just because how the company was sold and, and you know not cared for anymore right but there definitely is that thing that makes you raise your eyebrow like i wonder what the correlation was between when that and, when that case broke and when the company went downhill and just on a personal basis it doesn't have to be anything huge like that i have seen people in fact the, the guy who gifted the spoons to all of us his life fell apart and it there are extenuating circumstances but he kept so much memorabilia from the hunts that he went on the ghost hunts yes. not, not like deer hunts yeah not deer hunts <laughs> and so he kept it in his house and there was a lot of creepy stuff there it was just a really bad vibe and once he got rid of a lot of that his life did improve and it's so weird that way well but even the warrens uh ed and lorraine warren who cle who collected all these haunted objects from haunts they did they'd have a priest come in twice a week to bless yes. the area just to push back any negative energy that could have been there. And like you, Kent, I'm kind of that optimistic skeptic where I, most of the stories I, I think are complete, you know, sure. could, could be explained If it logically. doesn't happen to you, yeah. then it probably didn't happen. But it, yeah, well, not even that. Just like I hear a lot of stories. I'm like, well, it could have been this, it could have been that. Like I logically explain a lot of these things, but there are some times when I'm like, I don't know how to explain it. I'm sure there's logical explanation, but I can't, sure. I can't explain it. Zach, what are your thoughts on haunted objects is there anything behind it I, or have, is it have the you, power had, that people give it have you had any weird experiences I, ha I haven't i really do feel like it's it's like you give it that power mm -hmm. but it, it still has it right that, that power still exists because you gave it to it and that's and you always think twice about it so, so it, whether well. whether it's possessed or your brain possesses it the net the result is still it's possessed yeah, you got to watch out for that. And I think there are basic, basically three types of haunted objects, if I may go into this. Okay. I think there's the type of objects like we were just talking about that bring bad luck, bad yes. misfortune to those right. that have it. No supernatural occurrences, but just you have it in your house or you have it on you and it just brings your life down or you have it in the workplace and it brings it down. Exactly. Uh, there are also the kind that will uh, bring ghostly travelers wherever they go, if I may say uh, mm -hmm where it's in the house and weird stuff's ever happening, but you move this item out and it's fine, but it travels with the object. It's attached to the object. And then there are haunted objects, uh, and I don't want to dwell too much on this, that infect the host, shall we say it. Sure. That change a person in a way that I don't feel comfortable. Nine-tenths of the law, we'll say. <laughs> <laughs> we shall. We shall say that. That totally makes sense. And we'll do our best to uh, limit we want discussion to this, that because we do want to make this more ghosts, not anything really demonic, to be honest no. with you. And, and also, just just my personal opinion, as me, Joel, I believe the longer you dwell on a subject like that, yes. the darker the room gets. Yeah, truly. And so I try to I try to keep it light and fluffy. We're going to keep it as light and fluffy as possible. So from my research, That's I read... That's what the little girl in the room uh, is telling me to do right now. Oh, yikes. But I feel like there's two origins of, and probably much more of, of these haunted objects. Many, they absorb the energy of their previous owner. Mm -hmm. And so there is that. I feel like even that with haunted houses, there's a residual haunting of yeah. sorts. 
And then the second one is that they're cursed by a magical ritual. Yes. Which a lot of these stories. Which. Yes. Which is a shaman. Yes. Sure. Uh, a, a, a wizard. Like they have all these different warlocks. Someone that's trying to get vengeance for some odd reason. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's a few origins for them. Some of the stories we'll share may not even have origins, but there's still a lot of creepy stuff going on. Of the objects we're going to talk about, I think there's going to be a number, but it's weird because it's basic household stuff. Yeah. Well, right? it's also hard to tell like if an object is haunted because your house may feel haunted. But if you move and this haunting is still going on or you go to a different place and the haunting's still there, it's probably an object, not the house. But isn't it so funny that you can go to a house, for example, at my mom's house, there's a room and it's a spare room that guests can stay in, but there's dolls along the ceiling. Yeah, I've been in that room. Right. We, dolls. We, we take, we've done a video there. We sure have. Yeah. So we, we snuggled a large stuffed animals. Yes, we, we did. did. Yeah. But why are dolls so scary? Dolls should be innocent, right? They should be innocent. But the problem is, and this is strictly Hollywood speaking here. I was talking to my kids the other day and they were asking me, why do people think these lullabies are creepy in a, in a show because it was playing a lullaby? Yeah. And I said, it's because it's not. If you take something that's not scary and put it in a scary setting, there's a, a huge disconnect there. Juxtaposition. There, there's a good divide of what should be scary and what isn't scary. Sure. And also it's like, these are these are two different things. This is disjointed. This is out of place. It makes you feel uncomfortable. But do you feel like everything's scary at night? Because I think voyeurism is scary and to have things with eyes looking at you. Yeah. Even if it's a doll, a lifeless doll. Well, as a former voyeur, I think you would think that. <laughs> former. Ah! <laughs> but yeah, there's also, uh, we're going to get Kent into... Kent watching you right now. We're going to get into paintings, mirrors, clothing, chairs. Like yeah. it's basic household stuff. Yeah. And that's like, you really don't know what's there until maybe your life is just in the dumps. And following on with that, like I want to maybe teach people based on my Google research, how to figure out if you have a haunted object in your house. Oh, please tell. Okay. So there's a few of these. So like the following ghostly activities will happen. And you've, we've seen these in movies. You may have heard them in people's scary stories, but your possessions move on their own. And it may not even be the hunter. We're going to talk about itself. possessions, Kent. <laughs> Nine, tenths, Nine of tenths of the Nine law. Nine tenths of the law. Apparitions and shadow people may manifest. Which, by the way, my youngest daughter said she started seeing shadow people. No. At night. Because you said your brother yeah. has had that experience. Sorry, I didn't even intend to bring this up. But she started saying, yeah, I had this dream that there was a shadow man. Or there was a guy and he was a shadow and he was at my bed. And then he took off his mask and he was an old woman. Oh my gosh. I know. We're going to need to close the blinds again. <laughs> sorry, that just, that just barely came to me. And I oh, said, your poor I'm daughter. so sorry for the curse that I've put on you. It wasn't you. It was your. No, my family's cursed with seeing weird stuff. But it's stuff. not your fault. It's. Yeah. Well, I guess it's not your ex I, I blame though. melatonin. Nightmares become frequent. I've like heard that three melatonin times. Melatonin is nine tenths of the law. <laughs> um, so nightmares become frequent three times or more per week. Uh, bad luck happens around the home, like minor injuries plumbing, electrical problems, even stuff that's just like really bad luck. Mm -hmm. But the people that are like, there's so much bad luck happening around me. Mm -hmm. Is there a cause? Are we just giving a scapegoat cause? But it, I was going to say, if and this is just once again, Book of Joel, which is an actual book in the Bible, so maybe we should listen to it. But if you have a lot of bad things happening around in your life, like it always seems like bad luck is following you. If you if you have like these haunted objects in your house that you got from something, like if yeah. you went, for example, if you wanted a ghost head and brought something home, Maybe it's time to get rid of that. Even if that's not the reason for it, it could help, right? Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, illnesses become more present, like uh, cold, flu, food poisoning, and then also the timing. Like, let's Taco for Bell example, is haunted. <laughs> yeah, like immediately after, <laughs> but just for about twenty-four hours. Okay, <laughs> one of those classic day hauntings. <laughs> oh, I can't come in. I got the twenty-four I can't hour haunting. Twenty-four hour hunting. <laughs> and then also. Maybe notice if you were to purchase something from an antique store, for example. Mm -hmm. 
if within maybe two weeks bad luck starts happening or yeah. you become more depressed, maybe the thing you bought is infecting your home. I just listened to an episode of Snap Judgment Presents Spooked, which if you haven't listened to that, it's a very creepy podcast. It it's a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, but they, they had this episode where it talked about this woman who needed a doll for a dress she was making, like a three foot tall doll. And she called this one place. I think it was like a costume shop. And they're like, yeah, come pick it up. And they were very weird about it. And they got there and they wouldn't even look her in the eye when she picked it up. And really? She went in the back and it was like laying on the ground and they like kind of just nodded over to it. They didn't really interact with her. And then when she got at home, uh, there was like kind of a presence walking around her house and creeping out her family. And she ended up getting rid of the doll and it got rid of it too. But wow. the reason I bring that up is because I'm like, if you're going to an antique store and they're trying to sell you something and being very weird about it, maybe don't buy Here, it. Here, you should really just take this. Yeah. In fact, we'll give you money too. It's free. Here, take it. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Bogo. But if there is something that you kind of are giving power to or you feel like is affecting you, if it would make you feel better, I say probably do what you can to get rid of it. What you're or saying is we it. need to Marie Kondo the haunted objects in our yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If it Minimize. Bring, like, you know, she says if it doesn't bring you joy, get rid of it. We'll say yeah. if it brings you evil, get rid of it. I love That's it. That's a good policy. Yeah. Okay, but and speaking of getting rid of it, let's talk about like how to destroy yeah, cause a cursed object. Like Kent mentioned, you can throw away the spoon, but it'll end up in your bed. Yes. Uh, that's a weird Thanks, way to say it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but, Thanks, I, but I found out, uh, I went to a site called broshlagospi.org. That's his name, Brosh Legospi. Uh And if you go to a site, you can tell everything he's saying is absolutely 100% true. Oh, he totally. seems like a nice it's guy. It's the internet. He seems like a nice guy. But uh, he says, if you have a haunted object, you need to break it first. Then sprinkle it with holy water and holy oil. Uh, they are to be burned in a blessed fire, if possible, and the ashes collected and buried in a proper manner with prayer. If you can't bury it, he says they should be destroyed, dismembered, and safely buried. And if you're burying the object, you need to dig a hole in the ground and place the remains of object in the hole. Then sprinkle the remains with holy water and and, and cover it up again. It's a huge process. But if you can't, here's here's there's an easy way, can okay. If the item is biodegradable and will not pollute. Discarding it in a running river or stream may also be done. I also understand that you can destroy it with the sword of Godric Gryffindor. <laughs> yes, but it has to appear just in the right moment from a hat. Yes, or you can stab it with a basilisk fang. Yes, because basilisk will kill a horcrux. I hear the first step of getting rid of something is literally getting it out of your house. Yes. Like, honestly, even if it's like, I don't have anywhere to put it yet, or I don't have a quote-unquote blessed fire at this mm -hmm. time, even take it to the backyard. If you have a shed, hey, put it in there. Can Any fire can be a blessed fire if you pray hard enough. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet, Is it? I think. I don't even <laughs> know. To no, get rid of a demonic okay, object. So there, sure. We're, we're going to talk about this movie later on. There's a movie in here where there's a haunted object, uh, and they instead of getting it out of the house or putting it in the barn or somewhere else, mm -hmm. they put it in their child's closet yeah. and paper the walls with, with they tear out uh, pages from the Bible and plaster it all over the walls and then keep it in their house. And I was like, this is the worst possible plan you've Honestly, had in a movie. Yeah. This is terrible. Why yeah. would you do this? That is not on Bro Legaspi. Is that no, his name? No, that is not. Uh, Brosh Legaspi. <laughs> sure. Let's yeah. give him another plug. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. Yeah, like I read the same thing, like running water... Or like the ocean can somehow cleanse it as well. Yeah, I'm terrified of the ocean. I'm, I assume ghosts would be too. Because of sharks. Yeah. So oh, if you man. have like a haunted What happens chair? if a shark eats a haunted object? Oh my gosh. Sci-Fi <laughs> Sci Channel has a movie about that. <laughs> they probably do. <laughs> yeah. I also heard that if you have something, and once again, you haven't buried it, you haven't broken it, you place it on a large stone for days in a remote location. And it says, because the stone is of the earth, the stone should absorb the negative energy from the item. 
and then you have to get rid of the stone itself in much the same way as mentioned, like as buried or thrown in the uh, river. That is a horrible idea. Right. If you have a haunted doll and you just stick a doll on a stone in the middle of the and woods, sitting you're going to terrify watching. campers. Yeah. And then you got to rid of the stone, but don't make it a big stone. That would be awful. You put it on a big old boulder and then you're like, how am I going to bury right. this? And apparently you can give it to a professional investigator. Like, for example, let's say Beaker. Hey, Beaker, I'm really scared. Can you take this haunted box of lucky charms? Exactly. This thing has been haunting mm. me, making me very sad. It's definitely past the expiration date. Yeah. Will you please take this? Then maybe he could take care of it in the right way. Yeah, by eating from it with the haunted spoon. <laughs> no. <laughs> Poor Beaker. Yeah. I, I want to segue a little bit into uh, some true life stories. And when I say true life, I mean on the internet and on Wikipedia, the source of all knowledge and truth. Sure. One of the objects I want to talk about is the anguished man. Go on. The Anguished Man is a painting, and it was painted by an unknown artist, and reportedly, this artist mixed his blood with paint to paint this picture. And to give you an idea of what this picture looks like, it is a red-orange humanoid figure with a gaping hole for a mouth, no nose, and black eyes. And this guy uploaded it to his YouTube channel in 2010, and he said this because he had the painting in his house, and he said... He had it in his house and he would hear crying and moaning noises in his house. And once he saw the figure of a man in his home. No, thank with you. With this haunted object there. Mm. And, if you, and if you look at the painting, Zach, if you look it up, the anguished man, you'll see it is kind of a horrifying painting. And the fact that there could be human blood in it just makes it all the more creepy. Yeah. And that is one of those oh, things where oh. you yeah. look at it and the some of these things. Man. They're so every day, you wouldn't think twice that they'd be haunted. Some of these things, like this painting, you go, totally. yeah, that's not going to be in my house. Totally haunted. Yeah, I would not put this one in my house. Nope. A lot of these, they're very generational stories. I'm going to kind of start in sequence, but Please. I have this uh, story. It's, it's called the Bassano Vase. And this vase is, is really plain vase. It's a cast from silver, 15th century. S spell Bassano? A B-A-S-A-N-O. Okay. So it's a 15th century vase. There really is no origin story for this thing, except for that it was made for... It had no father? Right. It was made by midichlorians? <laughs> <laughs> it was made for an Italian maiden on her wedding night. That bride actually died that night, Ooh. clutching the vase, and vowed to seek her vengeance. And so, and basically she said, anyone who like has this vase will die. And so every family member who inherited the vase died until it was finally hidden away. It was buried in sacred ground and then unearthed in 1988, hundreds of years later with a note inside reading, beware, this vase brings death. Ooh. The vase was then sold to a pharmacist who reportedly died three months after he got it, as did the next donor who got it because this is like a retail market. People like buying haunted stuff. I don't know why. If like, you, I don't know if it's like to put it in a museum, to brag about it. I did see some people selling stuff on the internet and they, they come up with a whole like eBay. Sure. They come up with a whole story about it to get a good sell. It's all made up. Yeah. But when people start dying, for example, the next person who bought it was a uh, surgeon. He owned it. He died as well. And then it was sold to an archaeologist. When you he, say he died as well, we're talking like, you know, 100 years later? Or oh, just we're like talking two months. Ooh. Yeah. And then an archaeologist bought it. He died within three months. And then the last owners were so desperate. And once again, they bought it, but they could tell things were going poorly. Like their health was getting worse. They tossed it out the window and it hit a policeman on the head, nearly killed him. And then they refused to take it back. And then they, they finally buried it in a lead coffin. So they did say, dispose of it yeah. in a lead coffin because this is a silver vase. So Superman can't find it. No. It would also be his weakness for sure. So it's silver with asbestos. It's getting everyone sick and people don't know why. Yes. Hmm. 
I also have here Busby's Stoop Chair. That's B-U-S-B-Y, Busby's Stoop Chair. And it's a haunted oak chair that was cursed by a murderer named Thomas Busby uh, before his execution by hanging in 1702 in the UK. So he's arrested and tried. After he murdered his father-in-law in 1702. One version of the story says that he cursed the chair on his way to execution. And another said he was drunk and in the chair when he was arrested and cursed it then. But pretty much he cursed it. But they say that during the Second World War, some airmen from a nearby place, nearby base, went to the pub and they sat on this chair. And then none of them who sat on the chair returned from their missions. Oh, uh, they they were fl- doing bombing missions over mainland Europe. So they, they attributed to the chair. They did, and then apparently in the nineteen seventies there were some more fatal accidents with the chair. I tried to look that up, and the reference on Wikipedia literally led to an article where it says, "In the nineteen seventies, some fatal accidents were linked to the chair." Oh, so no specifics there, but apparently there was enough problems that in nineteen seventy eight they hung the chair from the ceiling instead yeah. of getting rid of it. They hung it from the museum or from the ceiling of the Thursk Museum to prevent anyone from sitting on it. So they still wanted people to see it, just not sit. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's look, it's a chair up there. Yeah. And I feel like that's you know, a challenge. Technically, a historian, a furniture historian, because that's, you know, a job people have, examined the chair and found that it had machine-turned spindles, whereas back then they didn't have machine-turned to do the spindles. They, okay. used, they used a lathe. It's fake. And so he said the chair was uh, probably made around the 1840s, about 130 years after Busby was executed. But... Some people still believe the chair to be haunted. Oh, he's no fun. I know. Don't invite him to parties. He's the Neil deGrasse Tyson of the, yeah, of the, of the furniture historians. <laughs> my chair fun. <laughs> All right. So the next item I want to talk about is the Hope Diamond. World famous. Big old blue diamond. Yeah. It's actually 115.16 carats. Wait, is that the blue, blue one? Blue diamond. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a 1792. It's actually one of the eyes of a Hindu statue. It was stolen in 1792. Then priests realized that it was taken. They basically put a curse on whoever was in possession of the gem. The thief, Jean-Baptiste Tavernier... I loved him, Inspector. Right? <laughs> he soon died of a raging fever, and his body was reportedly ravaged by wolves. And then King Louis XIV, he bought it and had it recut into the blue diamond of the crown. That's where it became world famous. He died of gangrene, and this could be for other circumstances, but he died of gangrene, and all but one of his legitimate children died in childhood. Then Marie Antoinette inherited it. Let them eat cake. Yep. Didn't go so well. A princess in her court wore the diamond and was killed in a very horrible way. I'm going to keep it clean. Very, very horrible. People kept dying. How how horrible? Now I'm curious. No, it's bad. Okay. Yeah, really bad. Okay. And people... Look it up yourself. Not kids. There are 10 different generations of people that have died because they've inherited this gem. Or they would take their own lives, for example. And then it got to a point where there was one of the, uh, it was an heiress that inherited the Washington Post. She bought the gem and even let her dog wear it. Soon after that, her mother-in-law died, then her son, then her husband, and then her other daughter. Hmm. She then had to sell the Washington Post because she was bankrupt Mm -hmm. at that point. Her life was pretty bad. Her kids then got rid of it after her death and its new owner mailed the gem to the Smithsonian and gave it to them for $2.44 in postage. So this gem, which is one of the most, the biggest diamonds in the world, they're like, please take this. Yeah, We can't have this infect our family anymore. And the mailman who transported the diamond to oh, the no. Smithsonian had his leg crushed in a truck accident soon after, and then right after that, got a head injury in another accident, and then his house burned down. Oh my gosh. Just because he, well, maybe not, but he did have it in his possession for a few hours. Oof. Just bad vibes. So don't steal the Hope Diamond, kids. Yeah, and don't be a mailman. 
What? <laughs> it is it is pretty though. It is pretty. It is very pretty. pretty. Now my next one, it's another painting, but I, I I want you to look it up, listener. It's called The Hands oh, so Resist Him. That's The Hands Resist Him. It's a painting by Bill Stoneham, which he made in 1972. And the picture is oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, it's gross. Now right? wait, wait, Zach. Just you're gonna you're gonna notice more about it as I talk about it. It's a young boy with kind of a weird it's painting. I would, but I would a weird say face. he looks like Peyton Manning. Okay. If, if you know yeah, what okay. he looks like. A crudely drawn Peyton Manning. Uh, but he's standing next to a female doll who is holding a battery, uh, like a, uh, what is that? What is that type of battery? It's like a copper battery with wire sticking out mm-hmm. of it. And then they're standing in front of a glass panel door and there are little hands pressed against the glass from the dark inside. He said it was a representation of the dividing line between the waking world and the world of fantasy and impossibilities. And the doll is the guide that will guide the boy through it. But when it appeared on auction uh, on eBay in, in February of 2000, there, all the descriptions talked about how this painting was haunted. They said that the characters in the paintings moved during the night, that they would sometimes leave the painting and enter the room in which it was being displayed. So you'd wake up in the middle of the night and that little doll, the life-size girl doll, would be standing in front of you with no eyes and, and holding the battery. And it just, it was Ugh. creepy since, you know. It, Zach, are you looking at it right now? Yeah. Yes. Don't. Uh, but they, there was a disclaimer Ugh. on the listing saying the, it, the seller is absolved of all liability if you purchase this item. The artist actually said that the owner of the gallery in which the painting was first displayed and the art critic who reviewed it both died within one year of coming into contact with this painting. Which, of course, could be folklore, but also it made the painting much more notorious. And so then someone, after they heard the story in 2004, actually commissioned him to make another painting. And then he ended up making four paintings total. So there's a series of these. And it's called, the first one is The Hands That Resist Him, but the other one's called Threshold of Revelation, where it shows basically the same scene, but the man is much older, the doll's broken apart. Ugh. And the hands on the windows are much more like they're intense. Ugh. Then the hands that invent him, it's a little boy inside the house. Okay. And he's looking out at the boy and the doll outside. I don't outside. care for that. Sure. And the last one calls What Remains, which is there. It's like. I haven't seen this one. Oh, it's creepy because it's like the door is now open. It's like red inside. And you can see like there's a skull and kind of the remains of what a robot. So it's like time has passed. And Come on. Bad stuff happened. So he's messing with something here. But yeah, if you look up the, the, the hands that resist him and just look at the gallery, the progression there, it, it's on his website, on uh, Bill Stoneham's website. And it may not be haunted, but it certainly is creepy. So this is about the devil's rocking chair. So the origin is unknown, but the Glatzel family got this in the 1950s. This chair was fine for 30 years, but in 1980, an 11-year-old named David, th- their son, became possessed due to the became chair. Became nine tenths of the law. Nine tenths. Yes. <laughs> and so this was actually shown at the beginning of the con, uh, fictionalized, obviously, as the story probably is as well. But in The Conjuring, the Devil Made Me Do It, this is like the, the beginning of the movie. But they don't show much of the actual chair. So one night, David woke up screaming, claiming that he'd been visited by a man with big black eyes, a thin face with animal features, yeah. jagged teeth, pointed ears, horns, and hoofs. Hi. Uh, the boy soon became withdrawn and dived into depression. He reported more nightmares about the terrifying man who promised to take his soul. Odd scratches and bruises began to appear on the boy, and the injuries seemed to happen while he was asleep. And so the parents couldn't explain it. They were trying to figure out what happened. And basically, the boy started seeing this beast creature while he was awake as well. 
and he was often sitting in the family's rocking chair. But Lorraine Warren, they're the only two people that saw the beast in the chair. But family members often saw it rocking back and forth, seemingly under its own power. So, like many of these stories, a priest is brought by, hey, could you bless the house? We don't know what's going on. We don't know if it's a rocking chair, if it's just David. Could you bless the house? But things got worse. David got worse. And I don't really want to get into, well, the exorcisms were done. I'll just say that. Okay. But then things kind of transferred. And that's where it kind of becomes the, the story of the beginning of The Conjuring 3. They did get something taken out of the chair, but then it got pushed. This presence got pushed, uh, actually haunted a person mm. and this person then murdered his landlord wow very soon after this and it became a, a much bigger story but they say it's all starting with the chair and this chair is currently in zach bagan's haunted museum in las vegas so you there's paused that. after zach and i was like it's currently in zach's what ah. yeah you got a little worried there right yeah. zach yes but yeah and i kind of want to go visit the haunted museum no no bad mojo it's all safe it's all under glass mm. right Okay, let's jump on from that. I'm going to talk about James Dean's car. Oh, cool. Which, Cars by the way, cool. Zach, this is for you. It was a 1955 Porsche, Porsche Spider. Yes. So if you don't know the story of James Dean, uh, actor uh, in Rebel Without a Cause, very popular, kind of a teen heartthrob of his time. And he got in a terrible accident in 1955, I think it was. And some say that he, the parts of his car were used in other cars and, and people mm -hmm. died. But the one I want to talk about, the thing I want to talk about, is just it's not even a haunted thing. It's just kind of a eerie thing. Okay. Because you guys know Sir Alec Guinness. Yes. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Totally. Uh, the the actor that. who played Obi-Wan Kenobi. He, he wrote a bi autobiography in 1985. And he said that on his first night in LA, in se Friday, September 23rd, 1955, he was leaving a restaurant that didn't have a table available to go to another restaurant. And uh, his, he and his friend met James Dean. He invited them to dine with him at a table of the place that they just left. Mm -hmm. And he showed them his silver Porsche. And he's like, yeah, uh, I just got it. Why don't you come jump in and get a ride with me? And Alec Guinness, in his own words, said to James Dean, please never get in it. It is now 10 o'clock, Friday the 23rd of September, 1955. If you get in that car, you will be found dead in it by this time next week. What? The following Friday, his prediction came true. Oh, no. So I don't know what was going on there. I don't know if Alec Guinness is telling the complete nerd truth because it seems very specific conversation to remember. But right. it, at the same time, it would be burned in your mind if you said something like that and it happened. But it was just one of those eerie things when I went, whoa, Obi-Wan Kenobi may have really been a Jedi. <laughs> or Alec Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> yes and yes. Yes and yes. Uh, but yes, uh, George Spooky Barris, the guy who purchased the, for, who purchased the remains of the car, he said there were a bunch of mysterious accidents. Uh, in the car and the warehouse it was being stored in started on fire. Um, Why would you want to collect that car like after know. the fact? Well, and the fact that like the, the frame is completely demolished. Sure. Like I've seen the pictures of the like the wreckage of the car. Yeah. And it, I'm like, how did you get any part from that? Like, I don't understand it. But yeah, James Dean's car, which uh, is lovingly named uh, Little Illegitimate Child. Oh, mm -hmm. makes yeah, sense. In family friendly terms. Yes. Yeah. All right. I want to go right to a big one. This is Annabelle. Ooh, okay. so 1970. Nine tenths. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of possession here. So Annabelle, we know in the movies, is a very scary looking kind of hag doll. That no child would ever want to play with. Never, never, never. But the real doll is Raggedy Ann. I think Kent's kids, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why there's a shadow person hunting yeah, my daughter. Uh -huh. Maybe. I should get I should get rid of that. I got you it free should. at a movie screening. Probably. You know? Yeah. Should I keep yeah. it? No. It feels wrong not to. No. Can't okay. So, but the real Annabelle, and this is scarier, and I think we all 
can admit this. It's Raggedy Ann. Yeah. It's an everyday Raggedy Ann doll. Mm-hmm. And once again, sometimes it's the everyday that is horrifying. Yeah. Because it's, like you said, Joel, it's innocent. It's not meant to be scary. No. But when it's scary, you're like, what can I trust? Something right. So this Raggedy Ann doll was given to a nursing student named Donna by her mother. Thanks, Mom. And so within days, Donna and her roommate noticed that the doll appeared to change positions when no one was looking. When it began to show up in different rooms of the house, seemingly under its own power, uh, the two girls decided to get help. A psychic told them the doll was possessed by the spirit of Annabelle Higgins, so a young girl named Annabelle Higgins, a little girl who died under mysterious circumstances. The spirit apparently claimed that she only wanted to be loved. And so feeling sorry for her, Donna and her roommate gave Annabelle the spirit permission to remain with the doll. I think that's a bad idea, but mm-hmm. I guess that's nice. They felt pity. Still yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. Soon after, the doll attacked Donna's friend Lou. And so after this, they contacted a priest who got in touch once again with the Warrens, who declared an evil spirit was in the doll posing as a little girl. Hmm. So the doll's story quickly became more sinister. Soon the girls started to find notes around the apartment. These notes were written on parchment paper, and they didn't have parchment paper in the home. And these notes said things like, help Lou and help us. Hmm. Not sure why, but Lou is the one they attacked, remember. The Warrens took Annabelle back to their home after hearing the story. And this is shown in the intro of the first Conjuring movie. Zach, have you seen that one? No. I want you to. Heck no. Do you want to? No. We can have movie night. Mm. Uh, I can be a big haunted spoon. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) You can be a little haunted spoon. Yay. (gasps) Okay. So so the Warrens were taking Annabelle back to their home to put in their, basically their blessed room. Mm. Make sure that she couldn't hurt anyone else. Uh, But they took the back road so that Annabelle couldn't cause too much trouble while they were on the highway. On that ride, the power steering failed, the brakes failed, and the engine kept stalling. Um, so Ed Warren, he put uh, he sprinkled holy water on the doll, and so it stopped causing a lot of trouble on the way. They bring it home. They didn't put it in a case yet. They put it on a table, and they said that Annabelle started levitating a Ooh. few times. They call in a priest. He saw the doll, and he said, it's just a doll. What can it do? It's a Raggedy Ann doll. And then on the way home, this priest's brakes cut out. His car flipped and was totaled. Thankfully, he survived, though. Wow. So Annabelle is now currently in a, and you can see this picture, Google mm-hmm. it, Annabelle doll. She's currently in a locked glass case with a warning on the case saying, Warning, positively do not yes. open. Do, yeah, positively do not yeah. open. Yeah. And there's a cross on the outside of the case. Yeah. It, somehow, because it is such an innocent looking doll. It's creepy. It's somehow more creepy yeah. than, the, yes. than the really scary looking one from the movie. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This next one I have is another, I have a bunch of paintings. For some reason, I found these stories quite creepy. But this one obviously is creepy because it was painted by John Wayne Gacy, serial killer what? John Wayne Gacy. One, and it's a self assigned self portrait of himself as Pogo the Clown, which is the clown no. that he was. He apparently had. A I whole, hadn't heard about this. He has a whole bunch of artwork that is purchasable out there online. This horrible serial killer, and I bet it's a lot of money because people are so weird. thousands of dollars. Ugh. But here's the thing: is this? It's just a picture of a clown, and it's him as a clown. A musician bought it in two, for $3,000 in 2001, but they started regretting that, that they bought it because sure. after they bought it, his dog died, his mom got cancer, and so he started to kind of get like, I don't want this painting anymore. Right. A friend offered to keep the painting, and after the and uh, soon after, the friend's neighbor was uh, killed in a car crash. And then a second friend picked it up the, the painting, took it to storage, and later tried to uh, kill themselves. Oh, geez. Uh, so the painting was never hung up and was g- given to a local art dealer after that. Burn it. Yeah. Why would you even keep this? It's yeah. a horrible person's painting. Don't keep it. But yeah, yeah don't, buy, don't buy any of John Wayne Gacy's work. Don't, don't give that don't. man any credit. 
Anyway, that's that's another one. Poke with the clown painting. You wonder what I find scary? Bunk beds. Bunk beds are horrifying. Because you can fall off and land on a screwdriver. Yeah. I, I don't know. Or if Legos. I'm, my brother. I don't know if I'm more scared of falling like from the top bunk or the top bunk falling on me. Ever since Step Brothers, I've worried more about the top bunk falling on me. Uh, yeah. Wait, your brother fell on a screwdriver? He did on his eye. <gasps> yeah. What? He's okay, but it. Are you gonna tell the story? Or he fell off the tease? bunk bug on a screwdriver, and it almost it stabbed him right in the side of his eye, but. Like on on the outside, he didn't hit his. That's actual scarier eye. than anything we've mentioned. It's terrifying, yes. Oh, He's okay. Though. Eye injury, mercy. Yeah. Okay, so I want to tell the story about the Tallman family bunks. And Tallman is the name of a family, not the Tallman, but the Tallman family bunks. This is 1987. I just thought of a movie though. The Tallman. The Tallman bunk beds. <laughs> <laughs> dun dun dun. So the parents of this family, the Tallman family, bought the bunk beds uh, for their Horicon, Wisconsin home. Uh, very quickly. Horror-con? Horror-con. Yeah, it is horror. Yeah. Horror-con. Oh. Very quickly, their children saw an ugly old woman in their room who had long black hair and glowed like fire. Yeah. In the home, the radio always switched stations. Uh, doors slammed open and shut. Voices could be heard from empty rooms. Joel, you may remember this. This is on um, Unsolved Mysteries and another special where they kind of dictate what happened to the Tallman family. Mm-hmm. So a priest came and blessed the house. Nothing changed. The father of the family got upset when the thing continued, and he kind of challenged it. He said, he said, pick on me. Leave my kids alone. And it listened. So the next day, Alan, the father, he heard a voice from the garage saying, come here. When he went to investigate, he saw the orange glow. So he was, I guess he was outside, and he heard a voice from the garage said, come here. He saw an orange glow of fire inside the garage with red eyes staring at him through the garage door windows. Uh, later, he was in a in in the room with the sleeping kids, when a fog rose from the floor, it turned into flames with green eyes, and then it said, you're dead, and it disappeared. But he wasn't dead. It was a liar. Yeah, well, it was threatening him, essentially. Oh, okay. Like, Punctuation you're, matters. You're, you're dead. <laughs> uh, a few nights later, a horrific figure materialized when a babysitter was putting the kids to bed. I guess the parents were like, we need a night out. Let's, yeah. get, a, let's get a sitter. Yeah. This is super creepy. So the sitter was putting the kids to bed. And she saw a horrific figure materialize that I can't be here. Mm. You know, you're going to pay me double, like at least $20. I don't <laughs> know. Anyways, the family fled their house immediately. The house was fine before they bought the bunk beds, but they kind of attributed it to the bunk beds. They then had them destroyed and obviously they weren't living in the home anymore. And people bought the home, which I don't know if you, if you put that on a real estate sort of listing there. I think you have to in some states. Do you? I but think so. maybe if someone dies, but not if bunk beds were haunted? No, you have to list a haunting, I think, in some Is states. Is that true? I believe so. But they destroyed the bunk beds well before they sold it, and no one ever said they no one said they experienced anything after that, thankfully. So they do attribute it to do the you know bunk beds. How many beds. bunk beds I have in my house? Yeah. But nothing bad happened after you bought them, right? Uh, some vomiting. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Get rid of them, burn yeah. them. Yeah. Now, Kent, you brought up Annabelle the doll. I want to bring up another famous doll. It's called Robert the doll. So creepy. Zach, exactly. you got to look this up. You got to look this up. Yeah, this little guy, uh, he's he's in a little sailor suit, but he's oh, got kind of this no. bl- he's got kind of this blank look to his face, uh-huh. like it's almost not a face. Yeah. Uh, but the doll originally belonged to a man named Robert Otto, Robert Eugene Otto, and it was given to him by his grandfather after a trip to Germany in 1904, and. The, the sailor suit was probably actually one Otto wore as a child, but according to legend, the doll has supernatural abilities that allow it to move, change its facial expression, and make giggling sounds. And nope, I don't like that. But they say also say some stuff that happened around this doll is that it has caused car accidents, broken bones, 
job loss, divorce, uh, and other misfortunes. And so they they say even people that go visit this in the museum, because it's, it's currently in the, the East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. But they say even visit visitors to the museum sometimes have post-visit misfortunes because they dis, when they disrespect Robert. When do you have the rules Robert. for Robert? I don't hear. Do you have Okay, to? I do actually. So the rules are when you see Robert and Zach, you're looking at a picture of him. Mm-hmm. Let's just say you walk up to his case, essentially. Mm-hmm. You must uh, introduce yourself to the doll. No joke. Talk to the doll. Say, hi, I'm Zach. And if you want to take a photo with him or of him, you must ask him first. And you cannot leave the museum without saying goodbye, Robert. Or he'll follow you or home. Or he'll follow you home. Or bad luck will follow. Well, they also say that if you look at his picture on a laptop at night in the dark, he in will haunt you. Cave. But only if you have a beard and perfectly coiffed hair. Zach. Oh, no, Zach. Zach. No. no. Say goodbye. Oh, that's so scary. All right. So I want to talk about one. This is kind of controversial because, I mean, with the, each of these stories, could they be proven wrong? Yeah. Sure. Could they be tall tales? Yeah. Totally. Sure. But I do like the lore regardless. So this one is the Dybbuk box. And this took place in the 2000s. So in Jewish folklore, a Dybbuk, D-Y-B-B-U-K, is a dark spirit that takes over the bodies of living people and uses them for evil. So this particular box, like we described, people say like, hey, buy this haunted box. This particular box was sold on eBay, kind of like we described. Like, it's like, buy this haunted thing. They so, can run up the price that way. Yeah. So the seller says the property was from a woman. So the property was like a, it was like a big wine chest. It was like, yeah, the kind of like this big storage closet. And there was a box in it. And it was from a woman who survived from a concentration camp. The, sellers was, the seller was told that the box inside this chest contained a dibbick. Uh, soon after he bought it, he started to have nightmares of an old hag that would brutally attack him, and then he'd wake up with bruises on his body. His mother also had a stroke while opening the box. Once again, could just be something independent, but also really bad luck. It was sold. One of the many owners, uh, there's a man who was very skeptical about the box. But then soon after, like honestly, it's usually within two weeks is what I found out, he started to experience bleeding eyes and strange rashes. He too complained of the old hag. So the old hag is seen as what the Dybbuk is for this particular spirit and that's in this box. Then in this man's basement with the guy that had bleeding eyes, there was a worker in the basement and he dropped dead. I don't know if it was like a heart attack or whatnot, but he was found dead next to the box. So it could be something different, but who knows? Dybbuk. Yeah. Look, it could just be bad luck. Could but be. also, don't open a box where they say there's a Dybbuk. Yeah. My final one is another painting. I, like I said, I just found these stories so creepy. And also the visuals of being able to actually see it. Uh, but it's called The Rain Woman by Svetlana Kellens. All right. Uh, so uh, this is a painted in 1996 by a Ukrainian artist. And it's it's a woman roughly from the waist up. Uh, her, it's, She's kind of elongated and distorted. She's dressed in black. And she's all covered up except for her face. She's looking down and she wears a large hat with a wide black brim. And it's just kind of this weird looking painting. But here's the creepy part. All right. Is the artist says that for six months prior to the creation of this painting, she felt like she was being constantly watched. Like she just had this creepy feeling that somebody was watching her. Yeah, no thanks. It was me. Sorry. And then one day she was sitting in front of her blank canvas. She's an artist. And she said she suddenly got this clear vision of a final painting that, that appeared to her. And she felt like someone was controlling her as she painted, controlling her hand as she painted. And she spent, sketched the entire composition in about five hours. 
And then she like spent a month like refining the details, trying to get it just right, like her like her vision gave her. But then, after she pr- like put it in a local art salon, multiple people like bought the painting apparently, mm-hmm. and they kept returning it to the seller because they kept saying a figure was following them home uh. in their dreams. One owner said that a, a white eyes appeared everywhere after he, uh, he disappeared. Like everywhere he looked, there were some white eyes, and he was gonna return it back to her like pay half of what he paid sure yeah back to where he didn't want to have he said he might drown in the eyes if he kept it any longer jeez uh another person bought it uh, another a musician bought it and his wife later hid the painting because she didn't want it around because she said when when it was up a ghostly figure would walk around their apartment at night and then uh, after all this a priest uh of the transfiguration cathedral said uh, about this painting a person has a spirit and a soul there are truly spiritual works of art and there are soulful ones. And the painting you are talking about represents just such soulful art. And it doesn't come from God. This artist puts into work the mood in which he was at the time of his writing and is not known who led the artist at that moment. Dun, dun, dun. Gross. The Rain Woman. Okay. By Svetlana Telets. Now this last one is not scary, uh, but I wanted to find a source that was like literally on a news site and this is a recent one this is from 2013 and because they didn't want to be like you you can find a lot of like 10 most haunted artifacts right yeah yeah and that's kind of what we've been talking about there but there's this one and this is from the kprc2 houston news and on their site that's a droid isn't it yes it is (laughs) yeah it's adorable yeah um so this haunted item is an elsa doll Elsa. Like Elsa from Frozen. From Frozen. Wow. So Elsa dolls, right? And, it, and it's more cherubic face. It wasn't like a Barbie oh, one. Yeah. You see it? Yeah. Okay. So when you push a button on the necklace. Yeah, it's not not a Barbie shape. Right. For sure. More cherubic. De- definitely more like a, like Annabelle, the movie. Yeah. But like that kind of looking doll. Or like a Bratz doll. So yeah, Zach, like a bigger Bratz doll. Zach, what song would you expect to hear if you were to push an Elsa doll's button? Let it go. Let it go. Or uh, based on the outfit, Into the Unknown. No, it was Let It Go because it's 2013. 2013? Okay. Yeah, so right after that movie came out. And this doll specifically, it would sing Let It Go. And it sang it for two years in English. By the way, they never once changed the batteries in six years. But it sang for two years in English. And then, and there's remember, there's only one button. It started alternating Let It Go between English and Spanish, randomly. Bilingual Different hauntings. <laughs> Super So horrifying. she took a Duolingo course, all right? Yeah. Blame the doll for that. It, Duolingo nags you all the time. Haunted lingo. So even when they turned the switch off, the mother of the family said the doll would begin to speak and sing in Spanish. Creepy. And it just started doing just Spanish singing. It stopped doing English singing. And then so they got rid of the doll in 2019. So once again, they never changed the batteries. It kept on singing. They got rid of it six years later in the trash. And then they found the doll inside of a bench in the living room a few weeks later. And they were like, hey, kids, because like you I, do, I would think the kids would have brought it back in. Yeah. Well, I've done this many times. You try to throw something away. The kids are like, how dare you? That's my favorite. <laughs> you haven't played with this in years. Yeah. Right? And so they blamed the kids, and the kids said, we, we don't know. We're creeped out by the doll. We did not hide it back in here. And once again, it started speaking more in Spanish. And then the, the dad got really upset, and he got two garbage bags, and he put the doll in 
two sealed garbage bags with other garbage. He put it at the bottom of the garbage can when he pushed it out for garbage day. The garbage took it away. And they're like, okay, good. The family goes on a trip. And then a week later, they come back and it's sitting in their backyard. You gotta be kidding me. Yeah. And so since then, they're like, we have to get rid of this. We have to get away from our house. We need to give it to somebody. So they gave it to a family friend. And this family friend, thankfully, there are those brave souls out there that are like, yeah, I'll take your possessed object. It's (laughs) fine. And so this family friend taped it, like hardcore taped it to the front bumper of his truck. It's there still. Like it has not escaped. It hasn't gone back to the family. It is a hood ornament at this time. Jeez. A haunted hood ornament. So it hasn't caused any death, but it really is one of those cliche stories where you're like, I got rid of you. I threw you away and you're back in my house. Because it went through the open door. <laughs> Spooky. Spooky. All right. So I think it's all the real life artifacts we have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's plenty more. We there are. Just, there's a ton out there. Yeah. Cherry pick there. If you have a, a real life artifact story, please share it with us. We love hearing them. Uh, maybe not at dark at night when we're recording, but we love hearing them. But now we're going to talk a little uh, movies because that's what we do on these folkloric episodes. We are going to list a bunch of movies that are out there and let you know if they're Bacon Cell approved or Bacon Cell not approved. It will be pretty quick on this one. Hopefully. And I'm sure we've talked about these movies a lot in the past episodes of Bacon Cell. Yeah. And I, I should also clarify when we were talking about those list here, I was like picking ones like, oh, this one had a fun little ghost story surrounding it. Oh, this is kind of a fun one. Kent's like, add this demon one. <laughs> A lot of demon, demon ones. One. I'm so sorry. Add this other demon one. Nine and tenths. Like, and I was like, Kent, I have not seen a lot of these. And you're like, watch them all. I'm shocked at the ones you hadn't seen. Watch them all honestly. before that we record. So yeah. I basically watched like, you had like six two days. demonic possessions in two days. You're welcome. Is that why we were listening to like really sweet music before we recorded? I, yes, we were listening to church music before we recorded. <laughs> <laughs> Which to me sounded like The Omen. I'm not going to lie. Uh, it's all about the feel of it. We're just going to go alphabetically through these. We're going to burn through them. First up, we have the Annabelle series. A couple begins to experience terrifying supernatural occurrences involving a vintage doll shortly after their home is invaded by satanic cultists. So there's three of these movies. There's the first one. To me, not good. There's Creation, which I think is very good. Very good? Very good, Joel. Mm. If you watch it at night, it's very good. And then the third one, it's kind of a throwaway. Yeah, and so I've only seen two of them. I, I Have was you seen the first one? Yeah, I saw the first one and the second one. So not totally impressed. Uh, no, the first one, like, it was just kind of a half-baked thing. Yeah. Like I said, no Cashing kid. in on The Conjuring being so scary. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, one weird thing about these is, it, this sounds weird, and I know it sounds weird. Go on. But The Conjuring universe... <laughs> yeah. The uh, Conjuring movie-verse... Yes. ...is oddly family-friendly. I mean, yeah. most of these movies are rated R, but... They're like the type of rated R where there's like hardly any any foul language, no nudity, no sex. Right. And even quite religious in theme. Religious in theme and also barely any violence. It's just because they're so intense they get that and, and kids are in danger. Although creation does scare me because it's kids in danger. It specifically. Is. Yeah. Although some of those kids are better actors than others. <laughs> Truly. Hmm. So you're saying not approved. I'm not approving this one just because I, I haven't seen the third. The first one I was not impressed with. Annabelle Creation was... It stuck the landing. I'd approve the second one, but considering the franchise as a whole, I don't think we can give it bacon cell approval. No. No, I think Annabelle gets bacon cell approval. Sorry. Next up is Cabin in the Woods. Five friends go for a break at a remote cabin where they get more than they bargained for, discovering the truth behind the cabin in the woods. So in Cabin in the Woods, it is a basement full of these cursed artifacts. It, it, They're it, tools, it, essentially. It's a movie that if you're a fan of horror, it is so much fun because... Not to give too many spoilers, but you kind of see who's pulling the strings on all the horror yeah. movies. It, it's confusing at first, but it gets to the point where it's just it's just fun. And then it gets a little weird at the end. Yeah. But 
I think it has wit. I think it has humor. I think it has horror. And, and even the way they incorporate these objects is yes. really funny because you're like, don't read the book. Don't read the journal. Yeah. Don't play with the puzzle box. Yeah. Who it's had great. the merman? Yeah. So it's it's approved. Yes. I approve this as well. Bacon Cell approved Cabin in the Woods. Candyman. The Candyman, a murderous soul with a hook for a hand, is accidentally summoned to reality by a skeptic grad student researching the monster's myth. The Candyman hand. <laughs> this came out in the 90s, and I don't know. It's a cult favorite. It, it is. And, and by the way, they say it's the mirror that is possessed, but then it, yeah. she becomes possessed, or anyone that says Candyman. Yeah. Basically, Candyman. if you stare into any mirror and say the name Candyman five yeah. times, it's like a play on the Bloody Mary thing where right. something bad will happen. This is much worse than what they say Bloody Mary does. But it's not scary unless you find people reciting philosophy scary. Because mm-hmm. the entire movie, you just hear this voiceover like, I am the darkness that loves you and life. My favorite poem. It's, I don't know. It's, it's just ridiculous. I, I think Virginia Madsen's actually thrown out her best acting chops in this. Yeah, I agree. But I'm not giving it a big assault. Yeah, it's not approved. Child's play. A single mother gives her son a much sought after doll for his birthday, only to discover that it is possessed, nine tenths of the law, by the soul of a serial killer. This is classic Chucky right there's here. eight movies, I think, seven Mercy. Eight movies. There's a lot of movies. And there's a reboot and there's a TV series, but I think like the original three are the ones that maybe we're considering. Yeah. Because there's some fun ones, like Bride of Chucky is fun. I think the first three have their 80s and 90s quirks. I've never been a big fan, though. Me neither. Yeah. I uh, Chucky Chuck- is a great horror staple though visually if only the movies were better but in the movies every time he's attacking so i'm like just throw him off just just throw him off just throw him off Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's also a little dark for my taste it's pretty grimy in that regard yeah uh brad dorif though who does the voice great voice worm tongue yeah is the voice of chucky if you didn't know that worm tongue from lord of the rings is the voice of chucky but sadly not approved approved christine a nerdish boy buys a strange car with an evil mind of its own, and his nature starts to change to reflect it. Why'd you have me read that one, Christy. Ken? I know. I'm sorry. You know how much I hate this when, movie. Uh, this is directed by John Carpenter, and it's a story from Stephen King, so you'd think it'd be good, but it's not. Yeah, this is You terrible. hate this movie. Uh, this was one, uh, one star for me. It was a yeah. complete misfire. Huh? Car terms. That's, that's true. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't like it. I hate it. It's about a possessed car, and I never once felt threatened by this stupid, yeah. stupid car. It Zach, is. do you know what kind of car Christine is, by the way? It is a bad movie, and it's not approved. I feel like we're being so harsh. It's a 1958 four-door. It's a Plymouth. A Plymouth Fury. Plymouth. Ooh. Well, if any car was going to be haunted, it'd be a Plymouth. Next up is Dead Silence. A young widower returns to his hometown to search for answers to his wife's murder, which may be linked to the ghost of a deceased ventriloquist. So this one, the haunted object is the dummies. Yeah, this is a James Wan movie really early in his career. Who directed Aquaman and Furious 7. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah, it's fine. They made money. They did. And Saw. Here's what's good about Dead Silence. Visuals. It's haunting imagery. Yeah. Chilling visuals. And the overall story, pretty good. What's bad about it is everything else. The acting. The acting is so wooden, well, you can't I, no, tell I think who's a dummy and who's not. it's purposely campy based on the subject matter, but you can't tell because it's so early in James Wan's career. Mm-hmm. Because he does this very well in Mulligan, where you're like, oh, this is meant to be a B-movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas Dead Silence, you're like, I think it's meant to be scary. And honest, the, the dolls and the women are very scary in this movie. Yeah. And this, um, this is another one where rated R, yeah. but uh, surprisingly clean in that regard. Violent okay. parts. Okay, personally, is it a good movie? No, but I find myself wanting to rewatch it. A decent amount of times. Do you want to watch Donnie Wahlberg, the ever-shaving skeptic detective? <sighs> no, I don't. He's so bad at it. He's so He's bad so at bad it. He's so bad in it. Uh, but I 
I kept wanting to like this movie. Yeah, but that's, then that's it, exactly how I feel about it. It kept tripping and falling. There are some mm-hmm. moments that will haunt me, like visually. Yeah. This is one I watched specifically for this episode. I hadn't seen it before. Right. And I went, that got me. That was creepy. And, and isn't that start, what a scary movie is meant to be? It is, but it's then they start crappy, acting. It's kind of crappy, but then, then I, scary? But then I roll my eyes okay. at the entire rest of the movie. So I'm not approving this one. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm going to give it approval just because I find it kind of fun. So we're split on this yes. one. Yes. First one. Wow. Next is Dr. Sleep. Years following the events of The Shining, a now adult Dan Torres must protect a young girl with similar powers from a cult known as the True Knot, who prey on children with powers to remain immortal. So good. So Danny is the is the haunted person here. Yeah. Danny Torrance, red rum. Uh, this is the longest movie we're going to be talking about, 152 minutes. Yeah. Hugh McGregor is in this one, Re- Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, she's so good in this movie. Rose the Hat. Uh, yeah. I recommend this movie to people because it's all not not all that scary. It's like a non-scary sequel that doesn't have much to do with The Shining. Mm-hmm. But there are some barbaric scenes here. Yeah. In, in fact, one barbaric scene, which is hard to watch. But the story itself is strangely sweet and empowering. Does that sound weird? It, it It's a little weird. Uh, I really enjoy this. I own this movie. I, I said this is a pleasant yet terrifying experience. Yeah. Can I be controversial here for a Go second? Go for it. I like Dr. Sleep more than I like The Shining. You know, over time, that is not the uh, alternative opinion that you think it might be. You think so? I think there is a lot of traction for that. Yeah, it's a, it's a solid movie. It really is. And Rebecca Ferguson is like hypnotic. Oh, she's so good. As that, as that dark Rose character. Rose the Hat. Yeah. Recommend? So I recommend Dr. Sleep. Next is Drag Me to Hell. A lone officer who evicts an old woman from her home finds herself the recipient of a supernatural curse. Desperate, she turns to a seer to try and save her soul while evil forces work to push her to a breaking point. Hey. The cursed object is the button. Hey, hey. Yes. I've seen this one. Yeah. Well, you've seen this one? Yeah, yeah Zach seen one. Zach, how do you feel about it? It's good. I like it. Yeah. Uh, and this is directed by Sam Raimi, who did Spider-Man That's 1, That's the two, only three, reason I saw it. Evil Dead 1, 2, 3, and Doctor Strange 2. Yeah. This uh, movie is, for me, legendary. Yeah. I love it so much. I think it's hilarious. I think it's kind of terrifying. It is a fun horror it's movie. It's gross. Yes. Oh, like, that part like of the coffin. Like gross. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't rely on blood and gore. It, it's all about uh, just the suspense. Like there's the uh, parking lot scene. Yeah. Gives me chills every Absolutely. time I see it. And Alison Lohman's doing a fantastic she job is. in this. It's a PG-13. It is a PG-13. Yes. So I didn't have to put this one on Vinny or Clear Play. I just watched this one straight. But uh, I, this is actually on my horror movie training. It ended up there because I was like, yeah, of course. It, this this is that this is the nine tenths of the law. That's not okay. I should clarify. I draw a very kind of weird line between demonic and satanic in my films. Okay. I don't mind demonic as much, but I try to avoid satanic. Yeah, and this is still totally. on, the, on the on the side of the line of demonic, where it's a demon possessing, but it's not like religious in nature. It's not it's not satanic. It doesn't feel satanic. This is a fun movie. I'm, I'm giving it's this so one fun. definite recommendation. Easy. All right, all of us approve that one. Triple Yay. twin approval. Solid approval from all three. First one I've seen. Next is Evil Dead. Five friends travel to a cabin in the woods where they unknowingly release flesh possessing demons. So this includes Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, and Army of Darkness. Yeah. Even the reboot, which I think is pretty good. And the cursed object is the Necronomicon. Yes. Such a classic horror item. Yeah. Directed by Sam Raimi, who did yeah. Spider-Man 1, 2, 3, Evil uh, Dead, Dragon Hill, and Immediate approval. Two. I love these movies so much. Really? Immediate. Joel. 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 But here's the thing. I'm going to beg you to approve these. Like I know that Evil Dead Two is kind of a remake of one. Okay, it's a weird, it's a weird timeline they got going on here. I but, really but like then Army the of Darkness. The joy that is found there and in leading into Army of Darkness and Bruce Campbell's character alone makes him a staple. I just feel like the first two are, are kind of 
icky. You don't, kind oh, of. You, you mean the scary movies about flesh-possessing demons they, you are know icky? What, you know what I mean <laughs> when I say this? icky. There's definitely a feel there where you're like, ugh. No, there is. It's a low-budget horror the movie. The first one was originally rated X, Kent. Uh, that's silly. I know. They've they seen did, it. They did silly. tone it down a bit. Yeah. But Kent, I... Joel. Joel. This is a no from Joel. It's not. It's actually it's actually an approved, but it's a slight approval because I do feel like the first movie in particular is overrated. Well, it's no one really watches it. They just watch number two and three. Oh no, I think two is overrated. Oh, what? I disagree. I, I think two is overrated. That's why I say here. Two Cutting is, off the hand. It, I think it's a little groovy. overrated. Oh, I, I think so I think the good. first one's too serious. The second one gets a little too weird. We're all trying Swallow to be serious. Soul. Yeah. But then Army of Darkness is just straight up just silly. Comedy. And that's yeah. why it's enjoyable. All right. Yeah, approval. Oh, slight, slight approval from Evil Dead for me. This next one is so scary. <laughs> they made it into a musical. <laughs> it's Ghost. After a young man is murdered, his spirit stays behind to warn his lover of impending danger with the help of a reluctant psychic. Is, is it horror? No. No. But does it have some scary parts? Those also no. little demons? Dark. It, Zach, those little demons? Okay. Yeah. Those dark Fine. moaning demons that creeps me every time I see you it. Know, well, Whoopi Goldberg. By the way, directed by yeah. Jerry Zucker, who did Airplane, Top Secret, First Night, and Rat Race. Yeah. Uh, that explains nothing. That's odd. No, it's bizarre. But this was at $505 million, one of our bigger scorers here. It's it's a strange and satisfying mix of horror and comedy and romance. I don't know. I, I And Clay? I just <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I just watched this recently, and it's still... Holds up. I approve this one. Yeah, so do I. Okay. Wow. I wasn't sure because it wasn't a horror movie. Yeah, it still counts. But like that's what we said. Like if, if horror is not your thing, hey, watch Ghost in, in, during the month of October. That counts. You guys are so lame, but I also approve it. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Next up is Ghost Town. Bertram Pincus is a man whose people skills leave much to be desired. When Pincus dies unexpectedly, but is miraculously revived after seven minutes, he wakes up to discover that he has he now has the annoying ability to see ghosts. Uh, this is starring Ricky Gervais. It was one of the times when they were trying to make Ricky Gervais a leading man. But he's in a funny movie this time around. Yes. This yeah. is actually a funny movie. And it's got Tay Leone and Kristen Wiig in it, Greg Kinnear. Right. It's a good cast. It, it's, it's, it really is Ricky Gervais like, holding up this whole movie. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. My, one of my dad's favorites, actually. It's really? funny. Okay. Yeah, he, he really enjoyed this one, too. But I'm giving it approval. It's approved. Okay, Ghost Town. Another one you can watch if you're not a fan of horror, because it's more of a comedy. Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> The discovery of a massive We're river. We're in a weird section here. I know. <laughs> of ectoplasm and a resurgence of spectral activity allows the staff of Ghostbusters to revive the business. And the p- possessed item, the cursed item, is the painting of Vigo. 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 So Ghostbusters 2. No, people don't t- like this movie and I don't get it. It's Well, because it's the first one was so awesome. And this and more of that. five years later. More of that. The Statue of Liberty scene. Your love. Watch, I, I want to <laughs> watch this one again. I, ha- I actually haven't watched it for a couple years, for a long time now. I need to watch this again, but I'm still giving it approval. It's weird. It's kind of creepy with the baby, too. Well, Zach, the, if you want to give it approval, I'm not gonna, but you oh, can approve, approve this it. one. Okay. Okay. Then two approvals from us and a non-approval from Kim. Yes. That's fine. I, I can deal with that. Now it's ghosts of girlfriends past. While attending his brother's wedding, a serial womanizer is haunted by the ghost of his past girlfriend. So it's Christmas Carol, right? But for dating, you know what's dead in this movie? <laughs> the comedy. Yeah. This the, one, the chemistry, the charisma. I tried to watch it. Yeah. And I, th- I think there are some cute parts, but this is totally forgettable. This is pre-Maconnaissance. Yeah. For sure. It's yeah. not approved. I mean, it's Matthew McConaughey, Jennifer Garner, Lacey Chabert, Emma Stone, Michael Douglas. Like this, this is a good cast. Yeah, 
And Mark Waters, who did the directing, he did Freaky Friday and Mean Girls and Vampire Academy. But uh, oh, wow. he should know how to direct a movie. But yeah, this is sloppy and predictable. And yep, no, it's too. It's it's not approved. We've been going real cutesy. Let's keep that up here with Hellraiser. (laughs) A woman discovers the newly resurrected, partially formed body of her brother-in-law. Hello. She starts killing for him to revitalize his body so he can escape the demonic beings that are pursuing him after he escaped their sadistic underworld. What? That tells the entire plot. Wow. That synopsis Um, tells the entire plot. The artifact here is the puzzle box, which is very famous at this point. Uh, This is a very kind of grimy movie. One of the grimiest on the list. The Cenobites, the, the things that they do are memorable and gross, but I do not enjoy watching this movie or this series. There are 11 films. It's like Land Before Time. A, <laughs> poor Littlefoot. A little different. <laughs> Littlefoot Cenobite. Ah! Uh, no, but I, I have, I've seen some clips and decided this is not a series for me. I, I haven't watched it's any of these you. and I'm not planning on watching any yeah. of these. So I'm not interested it's in this one. sadism. Not 100%. approved. Next is Insidious. A family so lo- fun. <laughs> a family looks to prevent evil spirits from trapping their comatose child in a realm called the Further. And famously in the trailer, they said it's not the house that's haunted; it's your son. So good. So many good jump dun, scares dun, in this dun. movie. Directed by James Wan, who directed Aquaman and Furious Seven. Oh, you stop that right now. He also did The Conjuring, Dead Silence, and Saw. Yeah. So they had something special in this movie. And that's Rose Byrne. And but also the story yeah. is real fun too. And I I like the Further. I think people may not like it they may take away the fear it ends in a little bizarre way that i think turned a lot of people off because sure. it's pretty straightforward horror until that point yeah and then it goes it's into a journey other into realm. the underworld or whatever yeah. yeah i really get a kick out of this film this is one where i feel like they're not relying on blood it's old it's it's an old-fashioned horror flick. this to me is like oh hey it's a little bit scarier than an m night Shyamalan movie mm-hmm. it's a decent gateway movie yeah if you're in the mood to be scared this will do the trick it's pg-13 horror you could toss it on Yep. At like, you know, a teenage party or something like that. And it's yep. not going to offend too many people. Approved. Approved. Next is Lady in White. An author tells the story of how, as a young boy growing up in a 1960s small town, he was haunted after witnessing the murder of a little girl. Have you ever seen a dream walking? I only remember this movie because of sleepovers when yes. I was a kid, right? This is it was Watcher in the movie. Woods. It was yeah. Lady in White. Yeah, and little little Frankie, he's he's in a he gets locked. The poor kid gets left it's at a, a school scary situation overnight, and in a, locked in the coat closet. And he sees this, uh, what do they call that? A remnant impression. Yeah, residual hunting. Residual hunting yes. of this uh, murder that happened. But then it follows. It it, it kind of follows him around throughout the story. This is kind of a loose uh, haunted object thing. But I could not go two episodes without talking about this movie because it was. The the PG thirteen horror movie we watched at almost all the is it scary horrors. though yes still gets me still I remember scary. little to nothing about this movie it it there's a part in it that gets my blood chilling every single time actually two parts I get my blood chilling three parts I just remember that third uh, anyway but I'm yeah, gonna it, revisit it you should if you have not seen Lady in White from 1988 you should definitely give it a, a chance listener because it's a fun you know maybe not like adult. Uh, scares in that regard. Sure. I don't know if it's going to be as scary, but it definitely, as a kid, terrified me. It's on my horror movie training. Yeah. I'm going to say not approved, though. What? Just for now. Just for now. I'm going to rewatch it. You're not going to record this episode. You want me to give an approval? Yes. Since you gave uh, Evil Dead an approval? Yes, let's do that. Okay, deal. Nice yeah. trade. Tentative approval. Boop. I like how Spirit I, boop. I like how I didn't have to change my rating yeah. to make that deal. Lights out. Rebecca must unlock the terror behind her little brother's experiences that once tested her sanity, bringing her face to face with the supernatural spirit attached to their mother. The concept is amazing. 
Because when you turn the lights out, you can see the ghost. Yes. Like there was a short. Uh, there was a short it's that was so made. Good. Oh, how long was it? It was like, I don't know, three minutes. Yeah. Terrifying. You can look for it. Lights out short. You can see it on YouTube. But it is terrifying. And this is directed by David Sandberg, who did Shazam and Annabelle Creation. Kind of an odd mix there. Yeah. Mm. But there's some there creepy, creepy, creepy images in this movie. It just got a little bland, I think. Yeah, especially near the end. Yeah. Yeah. Like the concept is great, but for a two hour movie, it didn't hold up. I, I think it was entertaining for a few chills. I'd give it a moderately passing bacon. Okay. So great. I'm not passing it. I'm okay with that. All right. Because watch the short and you'll get the same effect. Totally. And save, you know, this, you know, 80 minutes almost. Next is Mama. Mama. After a young couple take in their two nieces, they suspect that a supernatural spirit named Mama. Mama has latched onto their family. Now, this one is also based on a five-minute short, which is absolutely terrifying. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this one? I have. Zach, I may have to have you watch this before you the go mama home Mama short? Yeah. Mm. Short mama. They keep they keep whispering her name in the movie. It's fine. Now, the short is so scary. The concepts in this movie are so scary, and the ending ruins everything. I do think Mama as a physical creature, because it was a... Well, we should, we should clarify. These two little girls... Uh, are kind of they were meant to die in the woods. They're meant to die in the woods, and they survive, but only because this ghost is kind of taking care of them. Yeah. So then, when a real life Jessica Chastain and and uh, and uh, Jamie Lannister show up, what's his real name? Nicolaj Coster Wowdow or something like that. Well done. Yeah. Uh, so when they show up and take them in, Mama gets a little jealous. I think it works better as a drama than a horror. Good call. So maybe if you like a softer horror, this, I'm going to give it an approval. I, I will give it approval as yeah, well. It's slight approval, but still. Yeah, it's an approval. It does fall apart at the end, though. Some of our shows do that, too. (laughs) Next is Maximum Overdrive. A group of people try to survive when machines start to come alive and become homicidal. We talked about this in a previous show. Directed by Stephen King and his only directing credit ever, and then he realized he wasn't that good of a director or he hated the process. Is this the Green Goblin? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Emilio Estevez in this one. Uh, Lisa Simpson. The voice of Lisa Simpson is in this one. It's so bad. Yardley Smith. An evil vending machine. Okay. <laughs> but it terrified me as a kid. Okay. Horrified me when that sure. coach gets hit in the head with a soda can because the soda machine's shooting out, shooting out soda cans. The steamroller on the baseball field, kids. Yeah. No, you're right. Terrifying. It's not approved, though. I'll give it an approval. Okay. You're you're allowed. Yeah. Because it, it got me as a kid. It, it's, it's pretty dumb, but it still scared me as a kid. Oculus. A woman tries to exonerate her brother who was convicted of murder by proving that the crime was committed by a supernatural phenomenon... The Mirror. Yes, The Haunted Mirror. This is directed by Mike Flanagan, who did Dr. Sleep and Haunting of Hill House. Yeah. Karen Gillian is this one. Yeah. Maybe Pond from the Dr. The setup Hill. of this movie is so good. The rules are so good. And then it doesn't pay off. No. All. It doesn't stick the landing. It, it, it digs itself into a hole, a very fascinating hole, and then it yeah. can't find a way out. Right. Like, I really was into this movie right up Me until too. the end, and then I went... No, I don't know anymore. I know. And I like the performances. I care yeah. for the characters. But is it is it a fun enough ride to justify the dumb By ending? the end, you feel like it's such a gut punch. You're like, I'm out. So you're saying not approved? Not approved. Dang it. <sighs> you know what? I will give it an approval just because we're mixed on that. Because okay. I feel like it's the same thing. Like I got some good scares out of this in some parts I still think about. But at the end, I was like, this movie sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I still think about those parts. Next up is... Oh, <laughs> Hold on. Ouija. What? Say it again. Oh, <laughs> Please don't say that three times. <laughs> a group of friends must confront their terrifying fears when they awaken the dark powers of an ancient spirit board. So Ouija boards, they give the rules. They try to set up this movie and its sequel. The first movie is don't play alone. horrible. Don't play in a graveyard. It's one of these dumb teen movies where people Wait, die. You don't hold care. on. I have my hand on a planchette. It's saying... 
B O R I N G. Joel, you of all people shouldn't even tease that you're using a Ouija board right I'm not now. Not using my mobile phone. <laughs> uh, did you see the sequel though, Origin of Evil? Yes, I liked it. Hated it. You hated it. Well, I it, once again, I liked it until right up about the third act. Once again, Mike Flanagan on that one. Yeah. And, and it had Henry Thomas and, yeah. and uh, What's Your Bucket in it from Haunting of Hill House. So yeah. I got a little confused for there for a second. The same cast he always uses. Did not, this is not my forte, though. This is, this is, the first one is, is like teen beat yeah, cookie no cutter good. horror. The That's second, like one, the second one is slightly better, but man, they, they fumbled the ball at the end. Yeah. It's a sports term, Zach. But good I'm going to say, Joel. thank you. I would give it a slight approval for the second one, but based on the franchise itself, no. 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 I, I don't. I don't recommend messing around with Ouija boards. I've talked about this in, before on Bacon Cell. Right. Not a fan of that type of thing. And oh, this movie, I'll put it away. <laughs> this, these movies also tend to rely a lot on young actors, and putting your putting your all in on young actors is a is a risky bet. Totally. Now it's paranormal activity. After moving into a suburban home, a couple becomes increasingly disturbed by a nightly demonic presence. Now this is kind of a spoiler, but not really. Well, let's just say there's a haunted person. It's not yeah, a haunted it's house. A haunted it's person. a haunted person. We'll say that. And there are seven movies. I haven't seen the most recent one. They try to re kind of reignite the series. Seven going on eight. Okay. Yeah. And it, it didn't really work. I removed the word series and it's just paranormal okay. activity. Paranormal activity gets an approval. The first one gets an approval. Next is Pet Cemetery. After tragedy strikes, a grieving father discovers an ancient burial ground behind his home with the power to raise the dead. Is it very good like, at this point? Not really. This is the thing where the haunted objects are things. It's a cat and a kid. No fair. Ooh. This broke my heart and it terrified me. It gets a, it gets an approval. And the sister. This this is a. It gets an approval. It's a hard movie to watch, but it is terrifying. Wow, approved. It's effective. Huh? Poltergeist two and three. Because last time we talked about Poltergeist one, because it was the house that was haunted. Mm -hmm. But in two and three, it's Carol Ann. The Freeling family have a new house, but their troubles with supernatural forces don't seem to be over. Wow, Poltergeist two is phenomenal. Kane. Oh my goodness. Amazing. Three. Let's give it. His holy hand. No, Joel, please don't. Oh, he's so creepy. He's so creepy that I will give him a passing grade just because he haunts my nightmares. Yeah. Three is stupid, but yeah. has some Poorly good edited shares. and all that kind of stuff. Well, and also you have uh, two cast members who passed away yeah. and they had to replace them. Which right. kind of terrifying. Uh, I'm giving itself. this an approval for number I two alone. Well. I, I will give two and three an approval. Okay. Three is slight approval, but two definitely approval. Even though bummed. Now it's Ringu. 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 No, it's not Pingu. It's Ringu. A reporter and her ex-husband investigate a cursed videotape that is rumored to kill the viewer seven days after watching it. Wait, that sounds like The Ring. It's because this is the Japanese movie that inspired The Ring. But guess what? It's, it's not bad. very good. It's so bad. It's cheesy and so corny. To it's, it's so weird because it's it's the American ring is better than the Japanese ring. Yes. But the Japanese grudge is better than the Much. American grudge. I Much. say the the grudges are on par with one another. No, Juwan is so scary. Oh. But Ringu is boring. I'll let Sarah, Michelle, girl, Sarah yeah. Michelle Geller know you said this that. This one, yeah. I believe oh, I've no. seen this. It's like weirdly like investigative and yes. boring. Yeah. yeah. And it's freeze frame when there's like the actual deaths. Yeah. It's like a oh, yeah. like early Doctor Who days. Zoom in and freeze. And they're like, no. Yeah. The concept is great. But I think they improved on it in every way in a movie we may talk about in a few minutes. But not, not approved. approved. Not approved. Which is sad. Yeah. It's one of the first movies I downloaded illegally. Uh, your friend downloaded. Your friend downloaded. Yeah, your friend. Cut this from the show. Backery. Now it's oh, this list. 
Scrooged. Hey. Well, this is the Bill Murray movie? This is the Bill Murray. Because oh, this, this is the one that truly brings the horror to the to the. I guess. A story. selfish, cynical television executive is haunted by three spirits bearing lessons on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Directed by Richard Donner, who did The Omen, S- Superman 1 and 2, Lady Superman? Hawk, Goonies, Lethal Weapon, 1, 2, 3, 4, Maverick. I, this guy's done a lot of good Wait, stuff. Wait, did he do The Good Superman or The Bad Superman? He did one and two. The Donner cut is one of your thing, though. It's oh, the good ones. So this is a dark... Uh, take on the original Christmas, Christmas Carol story. Really cynical. Yeah. Uh, Bill Murray is is doing his best in this one until the end when he tries to be happy. He doesn't have a lot of range, I've no. noticed. But uh-huh. I'm giving... Uh, this is approval for me. I, I think this is... This is... It has a cheesy ending. It's corny. But isn't that what Christmas is all about? Well, it's not Christmas. And I hate to approve it for this list. Approve for this list? There's not, ghosts. It is not my go-to it's a literal Christmas ghost. Carol it's movie It's a scary for sure. ghost story. But I'll give it approval. Yay! Okay. The Christmas spirit got like to his 80s cold, dark heart. Now it's sinister. Washed up true crime writer Elian Oswald finds a box of Super 8 home videos in his new home, revealing a horrible history. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Uh, wow, this movie is so messed up. Ethan Hawke is in this one. Yeah, some of the most grim visuals yeah. in a modern He horror. finds snuff films yeah. in, his, in his attic. The Can lawn, I say that? The lawnmower. On bacon the lawnmower. The lawnmower. Man? Everybody. The lawnmower man? Hmm. Is it scary? Definitely. Is it good? I'm going to say no. I, I don't think it's that good. It's a little too grisly for my tastes. It's scary, though. I'm giving approval because I think it's scary. I'm not giving it approval. Okay. Because the ending doesn't explain. Yeah, the ending's not great. It's, it's not great. And that just, yeah. It just, it doesn't rely on jump scares. I can respect it for that. But otherwise, I'm like, I don't like it. The Exorcist. Hey, wait, I have to read this one? You have to read this one. Uh, uh, so when a teenage girl is possessed by a mysterious entity, her mother seeks the help of two priests to save her daughter. And haunt. the possessed item is the Pazuzu Amulet. An amulet. I've chosen not to watch this movie. Like I like I said that. You will never watch this movie? No. I, I, I've drawn Edited my lines. or anything? No. There's a, there's a feel to it that I've gotten from the parts that I've seen that I'm like, that crosses the line I feel comfortable with. It's interesting, with. though, because it is a feeling more than the movie itself because yeah. you'd probably watch it and there are some horrible things in the movie but it is I the know. vibe it is the vibe you get while watching this movie and it's considered one of the scariest movies of all time and people say that but like i said like there's there's a line i draw and i drew that line a while back and i'm like yeah i'm comfortable just okay stand on this side of the line so i can't give it approval because i haven't seen it so yeah. i'm gonna approve it but that's just you me. are that's the devil talking <laughs> the devil the fog an unearthly fog rolls into the small coastal town exactly a hundred years after a ship mysteriously sank in its waters. The haunted object here is the fog. Yeah, the pirates. The Ghost fog. pirates. Yeah, John Carpenter movie. I think it's fun to watch. I don't find it scary, though. No, there's some creepy moments, but it's yeah. mostly sitting around waiting for something to happen. Not approved. Not approved. The Frighteners. After a tragic car accident that kills his wife, a man discovers he can communicate with the dead. <laughs> I'll just leave it there. Yeah, it's good. So Michael J. Fox is in this movie. This is a Peter Jackson movie. Yeah. Pretty, strangely enough. He, huh. he, and Peter Jackson directed Dead Alive, the King Kong, Lovely Bones. Yeah. That's it. Yep. That's it, right? Yeah. Uh, for its time, this was fun CG ghost stuff. Yeah. But it's probably really dated at this point. It's it's fine. It's, it feels a little sloppy and the humor kind of falls flat now, but it's enjoyable to watch. Yeah. I'll give it an approval. Me too. Really? Yep. I didn't expect that because it's like kind of it. corny. Yeah, it is corny, but I like it. The Possession. A young girl buys an antique box at a yard sale, unaware that inside the collectible lives a malicious ancient spirit. Ken talked about this, the Dybbuk yeah, box. Dybbuk box. Yeah, this is based on that. This is uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Kara Sedgwick in this one. Do you wish it were better? Uh, well, it's funny because like, I feel like <laughs> I feel like was someone out there being like, man, Christians have all the fun with the Possession movies. We need a Jewish exorcism movie. <laughs> 
Because that's what it is. It I, is. I honestly didn't know Jewish people did exorcisms. Yeah. And so then I actually got in this, I went down to like a rabbit hole of information of like, well, what's their beliefs on the afterlife? And what's their belief on, on demons? Sure. And, and that was more and interesting than the movie itself. It was. It absolutely was. I just didn't buy a yeah. lot of the stuff in this. Not approved. So, not approved. And this is one you made me watch and I was like, why can't? Because it's a Dybbuk box. Hmm. Now we have The Ring. A journalist must investigate. Well, this is the American remake of Ringo. Yeah, we can just say that. This is directed yeah. by Gore Verbinski, who did the Budweiser Frogs commercial. Oh, stop that right now. It's true. He also did Pirates of the Caribbean and Mouse Hunt. This was the uh, Decade Dance best horror movie of the 2000s for both. So don't sleep on it. This oh. is amazing. <clears throat> yeah. Amazingly scary still. And it, it's 20 those, years later. It's amazingly scary without being overly gory or like overly violent or there's no sex, no nudity. Like language is tame. Like mm-hmm. this is just one of those movies that it's just scary. To, it's just scary because it's scary. And I did a whole college paper on it. And I, I don't know. Is it still scary though? Like yes. 20 years after it yes. was made? Recently watched it. Horrifying. Nice. Yeah. I watched it so many times though. To, I, when I wrote that paper, yeah. I watched it so many times. But yeah, definitely approved. The Sixth Sense. A frightened, withdrawn Philadelphia boy who communicates with spirits seeks the help of a disheartened child psychologist. Directed by M. Night Shyamalan. This is... This sounds interesting. Yeah, I exactly. could watch it. Yeah. This one's good. Next. Next. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> this one's good. We've talked about this a lot of times. This is the highest grossing and the highest rated on IMDb on our entire list here. If you haven't seen The Sixth Sense, go see it. I hate it when we talk about this Sixth Sense on Bacon Cell, though, because whenever I listen to the car with my kids and we talk about The Sixth Sense, we tend to get very much into spoiler territory and I have to like hurry and turn it down. You're protecting yeah. it. So, yeah. Wisely. Yeah. Watch mm-hmm. it. Next is Trilogy of Terror. <laughs> so I added this one to the list. Yeah, why? It is a 16-minute YouTube video, essentially. It's, it's well, from a movie called Trilogy, Trilogy of Terror. Yes. And this story is about a woman who is sad. Her mom treats her bad. And she buys from an antique store a little African hunting Zuni doll. Mm-hmm. And it says, if you remove the chain, there is a, a dark spirit in there that will haunt you. And it's 16 minutes of this actress, Karen Black, who does an amazing job being hunted by this really goofy it's a, 80s doll. No, it's a creepy looking doll. It's, it's creepy. It's a and furry, it like, is a murderous doll. Yeah. And the reason I like this one, I saw it late at night once years ago. And I'm I was sure like, you did. this is goofy. Like, why? What, what's going on with this? And it felt so hopeless that you watch it and you're like, well, if there's a doll trying to stab me to death, what would I do? What would be my next move? And yeah. so because the movie, the 16 minute short feels so hopeless... Well, I'm you, say, you keep saying 60 minutes. It's a 72 minute major TV movie. You don't need to watch the rest of no, it. No, there's there's three stories. Yeah. Uh, this one's called Amelia. This one's called Amelia. Just watch that one. Yes. It's on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, it's I love it. I For me, this one's an approval. <laughs> I know. You don't want to because it's a I whole don't, movie. That, well, the thing is, I was doing the whole movie and I was like, no, not approved. Yeah. But just this one, I, I could give that approval because this doll... It, it, she it, puts her heart into it. It sticks with you. Oh, yeah. she chews the scenery more than it's the so Zuni doll chews on other people. <laughs> and finally, we have What Lies Beneath. The wife of a university research scientist believes that her lakeside Vermont home is haunted by a ghost or that she's losing her mind. And this is uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis, which was an odd choice for a horror director. Yeah. Uh, but Harrison Ford and Michelle Pfeiffer star in this one. More of a thriller than a scary movie, this, but it still works. Well, I mean, it's still Good jump scares and, and haunts yeah. and stuff. And this is kind of a loose adaptation of the haunting again, because like the the wife and the husband both kind of have these visions where they're out and around. Something is haunting them. By the way, biggest budget of any movie we've talked about today. One hundred million dollars. Wow. For this movie. Crazy. It seems a little weird. But yeah, I'm going to give this one an approval. Harrison Ford isn't cheap. No, he's not. He's not. He's not cheap. 
But uh, too many jump stairs. I feel like this is one that definitely like I this is like, a date scary movie. Yeah, and for that reason alone, it's approved. But I would never care to watch this on my own. I think it's a little boring on my I, own. I need to watch it again. It's been a while since I watched it, but I did enjoy it the, the few times I saw it before. So yeah. approved. approved for me. Approved. Okay. And with that, we're done. Woo! Woo. Like, it's exhaustive. We know. And we, we didn't even cover, like, probably a bunch of movies that are out there. And just looking back on the actual list, Kent, you approved 21 of these films. All right. Did not approve 14. Joel, you approved 22. Did not approve 12. You're a little bit one, nicer. One you hadn't seen. Yes. And then... Uh, I'm kind of not approval because I'm choosing not to see it. Actually, I didn't see Hellraiser either. Two of them, not choosing, two two of them you hadn't seen. Yeah. Well, then I'll Choosing to not to that. see it. I approved five. Hey. Nice. Approved two. I've seen seven of these movies. That's a start. Out of the 35. Hey, that's, that's like one-fifth. So let us know if you enjoy these movies that we talked about, which ones you like, which ones you don't like. Let us know, once again, if you know of any good haunted object stories. We love hearing them on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Let us know, and let's get the spooky season going a little bit longer, shall we? But before we go, we want to thank some patrons in a couple of special categories, including our I Am The Listener, which include Ryan and Marley, Lady Terry A. Finley, Alicia Bass, you let him drown. You never paid any attention. Look at what you did to him. Look at what you did to him. Scott's break. <laughs> Brayden Winterton, Jennifer Kilkowski, Adam and Rachel Crump, Rocky and Steph, Sir and Madam Hicks, Andrew Dancing Through the Fire, Dave Kelly, Debbie Foster, Angela Plotz, Casey Cummings, Juice the Cooler King Swallow. Then we have our baking council, which includes Nicole sitting in the Sinbin Hail, the one, the only, Chris Anderson, Stephen, everyone's favorite, Ross, Her Royal Highness Jessica Terry, Star Wars expert Kyler, our favorite couple, the Madsons, Glow Clen Daniel, Spencer Myers, Allison Gall, Johnny English the Brick, Shannon West, and Beaker. Yes, thank you, patrons. You, thank are, you, patrons. The, you are the ring to our the. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, it's one of our favorite horror movies. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you're if you the, want to find the me, cabin to our woods. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Yeah. But if you want to find me, you can find me at seventy six Joel. You can find me performing with Quickwits. They perform at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to qwcomedy.com or go to the Quickwits Facebook page. You are the activity to our paranormal. You're okay. the paranormal. You are the paranormal to our activity. Oh, that works. I guess took me a sec, but I got there. Quick to our wits. <laughs> you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Kenny three DD. You can read my movie reviews at ShowtimeShowdown.com. If you'd like to connect with me, and we can just talk about how much we don't watch these movies, that's fine. At Tumbling Mustard on Twitter and Instagram. And then more importantly, make sure you're following Bacon Sale. Please like that Facebook page and visit at Bacon Sale on Twitter and Instagram. While you're doing that, visit tpublic.com slash bacon sale where you can get yourself some merch. We have a very fun horror evolution shirt. Uh, Joel's actually wearing that shirt right I now. I am. I also own that same shirt. It's one of my faves. tpublic.com slash bacon sale is where you can find that. And then if you like the show, you like what's going on, and you want to support us further, visit patreon.com slash bacon sale, where you can get all sorts of fun benefits, including the the list of the approved movies that we have talked about today. Yeah, and yeah, and from last times, too, you can see all the approved movies that we've done for these type of shows. Patreon.com slash bacon sale. So until next time, this has been about nine-tenths of a bacon sale, and I think we should start a paint night. What do you think? Dev cats, Motep. Dev cats, Laurel. Laurel. Coral. Coral. Laurel. Laurel. Coral. At least we got our gurgles out in the pecan bit. Rounding up the rounding up the spooky noun. Sorry, mummies. We'll try. In the meantime, Zach and I'll make ghost noises.
Oh, sorry. Shit. I went to parcel tongue. <laughs> I like you to be the big know. spoon. <laughs> nope. It's kind of haunted. Stop. Well, as a former voyeur, I think you would think that. <laughs> former? Poor I'm so sorry for the curse that I've put on you. <laughs> One of those classic day hauntings. <laughs> oh, I can't the 24, I got the 24 I hour haunting. 24 hour haunting. <laughs> What we'll you're saying is we it. need to Marie Kondo the haunted objects in our yeah. house. If it brings you evil, get rid of it. Any fire can be a blessed fire if you pray hard enough. Haunted what happens chair. if a shark eats a haunted object? Oh my gosh. Uh. Obi-Wan Kenobi may have really been a Jedi. You can be a little haunted spoon. Yay. <gasps> you wonder what I find scary? Bunk beds. Zach. Oh no, Zach. Zach. No. no. Say goodbye. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. Bilingual Different hauntings. Because <laughs> it went through the open door. I am the darkness that loves you. Ooh. Well, if any car was going to be haunted, it'd be a Plymouth. I don't mind demonic as much. Joel, 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 Joel. Oh, <laughs> Man, Christians have all the fun with the possession movies. We need a Jewish exorcism movie. <laughs> what? Sorry, there's some movement out there. Joel seeing ghosts. I, I was a cat. No, I, it was like it was like movement. Was it a skunk? No, I wouldn't see a skunk be down there. It was like it was movement. Ew. I know. That's why I was. That's why I was like. Trying I don't to like that. that. It could have just been Zach Shadow on the wall. It could have been just Zach movie. It was Zach Shadow. It was Zach Shadow. That's Shadow's reflection. Are we spooking ourselves out a little, a little bit? bit? Yep. Should we turn off that light outside and just let no, it? That's what no. I need to sit there. 